All right, we're ready, gents. Ladies and gentlemen. And welcome to Publish, Perish or Podcast, your opportunity to watch science pick its nose and see if it eats it. I'm Andrew Stoughton and I'm joined today by Christopher Gibson. Dr. C.T. Gibson, g'day. And Cameron Shearer. Hello, and I do think that science would eat eat it because you got to know, right? Why, why have you got to know? Well, that's that's the whole thing about science is, is, is learning about things. But and science would do it and then go, everyone's looking at me and they're not very happy that I'm eating my bogeys. That science wouldn't care. Okay, fine. <laughs> Chris, do you eat your bogeys? Uh, I haven't for a while, but I'm willing to try again. <laughs> oh, you can... <laughs> I'm an explorer. Hang I'm on, explorer. but you've got kids. Surely you should look at them. I see people like, eating yeah. boogie all the time and they seem to love it. So I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to boogie mm. and earwax. I, don't, I can't remember when it stopped for me, but I was big into it. <laughs> big. <laughs> Were you bleeding nose into it? Uh, not, I wouldn't, then you're, I loved, I loved the nose pick, but I wasn't that desperate. (laughs) Unless you know, unless you know the sweet taste of bloody boogie, you're just an amateur paddling. I don't like the fact you've included blood (laughs) in that. Like that's just disgusting. Like, um, there was a guy at Swansea uni when I was doing my undergrad, his name was Martin and he was known for picking his bogeys. Do you call them, what do you call them here? Bogies? I think Smart. we're all saying boogie. it differently, aren't we? Yeah. What are you saying? I'm I, saying bogey. I'm saying boogie. What am I saying? You, you were saying boogie before. You, yeah, you boogies. you just want to be in the 70s again. That's what well, that's doing. my decade, man. That's when I was born. That's when I was a child. So, yeah, so this this Martin Sheraton, um, that's his full name if you want to Google him. <laughs> he, um, I Is was he sa- more successful than you now? Um, he got a PhD, actually, in engineering. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was sat down and we did a little bit of studying together. He was one of those really annoying people. I don't know if you've come across these people that didn't really have to try mm. at being good. So he would, you know, he, he didn't do fantastically well, but he did very well considering the amount of effort he put in. Mm. And so anyway, I was sat with him and it's I was like... It's not as easy as you think, Andy. It's no, not as easy as right. you think. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And so I was sat with him. I was like, let's do a study thing, right? And we're really close looking mm. at the same looking at the same book. And I'm going, blah, blah, blah. And I look across and what I see is him launching this spiky bogey into his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even like it's in his mouth. He like brings his tongue out to meet it. (laughs) So I get like an entire... Just bogey, oh, like yeah, lick. That's not the most oh. stealthy way to do it. Yeah. If you were to was do there it, was there hair on it? Or it really like that? made me feel yeah. ill. Honestly, mm. it made me feel like I was going to vomit. So you've gone from a very romantic situation of both reading the same book. I'm sure, you're competing. <laughs> like, finish this page already. Uh, yeah. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then you've looked across to tell him that you finished a page already, yeah. and there he is. He's just uh, there. Yeah. Just licking a Go bogey on the, off. The- I don't know. I still uh, is is it bad that I still remember the shape of it? Like it was really long. Like it was like it was well, like a diving we remember board. Good things, we remember bad things. <laughs> That's a bad thing. Yeah, That's yeah. That's a bad thing. It scarred you. Yeah. So um apart from obviously bogies and boogies and bug what do you call it, Cameron? Buggies. Boogies. Boogies. Boogies boogies. Um any news from the week? Any news that's happened to anyone? Is this you setting something up about news about yourself? Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> ah. 
Uh, yeah, well, I've got no. some a paper that I'm a co-author on just appeared on Scopus. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it cited something of mine. Did it? Yeah. Ah, very good. I'm not sure what though. I didn't look. Yeah, I had, I had four or five citations appear on Google Scholar in a journal that's rubbish and doesn't get cited by any of the main indexes. So that's just a waste, really. Oh, that is rubbish. Yeah, so that's disappointing. That's about it for me. Yeah. Yeah, so any news? Any news? No, I've got nothing, but I would like to hear if you've got any news. Well, Andy? so it's not news, but it's more like something that I I was part of and I thought it was really strange. It's particularly related to science. So I sat in with someone giving a practice talk, a practice talk yep. for the general public. It's about nanotech and thin films and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he gave the talk. We listened to it. We applauded at the end. Then he said, any feedback? And people destroyed him. Ooh. Like, by destroyed, I mean in a very, like, as scientists do. You have some examples? One of my feedbacks was... Oh, so um, you were a destroyer. I was a destroyer. <laughs> and I said... Once there's blood in the water, it's just... Yeah, useless. it really yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Just a load of sharks circling oh, until one bites. Yeah. And so anyway, so I was like, so you set up a story about nanotech and then you didn't talk actually very much about the nano domain after that. Like... It was very much just a setup, and I said, "You either talk about it or you don't." Mm. And I said, "You know, your story's lacking. So maybe put some anchors, blah blah blah." And people went in and did other things. But one thing it made me think of is like, if imagine, so I, I've been in this situation actually, where Kate, my partner, said to me, "Can you look at this for me?" And I go, "Yeah, okay, like a bit of writing, maybe a job application, something like that." And I science review it, uh-huh. you know, yeah. and I'm like, and I'm just not nice about mm. it. Mm. Well. I'm I I do what I'm used to, which mm. is being really really critical. Mm-hmm. And one thing that while I was watching this guy who just given a talk and we were giving him feedback, is you get trained in just nodding and yeah okay yeah mm. I get that mm. like I'll change this and yeah. maybe this and I thought that's very unique to science the fact that you get criticised really really hard mm-hmm. about the content about the structure about your presentation style about all these things, and at first it really stings. Mm. And afterwards, you kind of just know what's going to happen. Like, if, do you remember any sort of harsh kind of criticisms you've had? Not from a talk. Yeah. But uh, I hate the criticisms from like uh, people reviewing papers. Yeah. Okay. yeah the the anonymous, the yeah. anonymous uh, yeah. criticisms. Yeah. But I think that basically in science, it's definitely uh, we're trying to, as best we can, be factual and tell it how we how it is or how we see it. There's not so much sugarcoating. Yeah, uh, I, think I think that's right. Yeah. I think you're describing like a an academic or a professional person practicing a talk. Yeah, correct. So, I mean, what's the point of just, you know, I don't know if anyone said, great talk, but yeah, <laughs> that mm. kind of thing. Or they just go straight into, you know, why don't, when you smile, your face looks a little bit squinty. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, gets personal, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't know. I definitely, I definitely remember some seeing comments when I've given talks, but that just goes away after a while. Yeah, like you were saying, you just yeah. sort of get used to it, and then eventually you get to be the bully. Today, the topic is academic dishonesty. Dishonesty. Yeah, you wouldn't have thought. How can academics be dishonest? So I did a little bit of research, and I went to the place where everyone gets research from, which is the internet. But Wikipedia. Wikipedia, there we are. Good, you got it. So, um, first one that we can talk about in terms of academic dishonesty is probably the broadest one and the one that we probably 
think about the most, which is plagiarism. Yep. I don't really consider plagiarism the most, but I'm sure you'll get to what I think about doing the All most. Right. I think because we reference so much in science, like when you look at a scientific paper, there's so much plagiarism. But if you put a number after it, you can kind of, it's kind of okay. You know, you, you, it's not plagiarism if you say, this is a result that these guys got, or this yep. this is what they refer to. Mm. But it's mm. when you leave off that number that it becomes plagiarism. Is that... As in the citation, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, some of the journals have got pretty sophisticated software now, and they picked up on a couple of chunks of text we had in a paper, but it was text we'd used from one of our other papers oh. because the experimental method was exactly the same. Plagiarized yourself. We plagiarized ourselves. Which is ourselves. plagiarism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they got back to us and said, there's a bit of text that's the same. So any, you want to do anything about that? So we just we changed it slightly and that was it. Yeah. Yeah, but we're not. But in our own work, I mean, the first paper I ever wrote, I had no idea how to write a paper. Mm. So where do you start? I didn't really have any. Like, I go to my supervisor. I just say, so how mm. how do I start? And you know, I happened to not get that much information. It was more work it out for yourself. Yeah, which I think is good advice. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I found a paper which was relatively similar to mine. I, 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 you start with the introduction. I took their introduction and I used that as a template and then worked around that. Yeah, right. Um, so that's, but I didn't use any of their complete sentences, but it definitely uh, inspired. Yeah. Or you could call it a homage. Well, that's the thing. It's <laughs> like, at what point can you use someone's work and just be like, um, I'll use it as a, as a, um, a guide or a template for mine? Yeah. Well, I think that. Things like introduction to materials and methods really aren't so important when it comes to plagiarism. It's yeah, the results yeah. for us yeah. where it really becomes a problem. So if I'm taking someone else's results and publishing them, that's bad oh, plagiarism. Oh, that's big trouble, yeah. If I take my own result and publish it twice, that's bad plagiarism. Yeah, Those are the yeah. things that really need to get cut out of. Yeah, yeah so. right. That's true. Yeah, good. Very All true. right. The next so one. What next? Academic dishonesty. The next one is... Fabrication. That's mm. the yeah. one that That's I think about the most. That's the yeah. only shot. So I cannot believe, I really can't, like people think about it all the time, like, oh, if that data point was just there, that would be so much better. Mm-hmm. But I, I've never, it's, I've thought that and never has it, come, has it occurred to me to go, I'll actually move it. No, no, me neither. But I think that it is extremely tempting, particularly when you're trying to meet your own hypothesis or even worse your supervisor's hypothesis and you really need to get this one data point mm. yeah um, <clears throat> and in a way if you do an experiment and you get say 10 one time but you want the number to be one and you keep doing that experiment until you get one you'll get it yeah. i mean like it's going to happen but that doesn't make it correct yeah so there's, right. there's yeah. fabrication of data where you simply make up some data or there is, I guess, fabrication by omission, where you do an experiment numerous times till you get the result you want, and then you forget about all the other times you've done it. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's bad. Doing research until you get the value you want mm. is fraudulent. Well, it's only fraudulent if then you don't. It's only fraudulent if you don't say, well, we did this 10 times and this is the average. That's what I'm saying. You just you yeah. just ignore the other times you did it and you only report the data that you that that is closest to what you want. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I think that the 
the push to move away from that is to make all of your data open mm, so yeah. people can Ooh. kind of see it. So if you're um, obviously manipulating the data yourself, that they would, mm. if someone's really interested, they could work at see that for themselves. Yeah. But what yeah. kind of loser goes through someone's raw data? Like there's a special type of person, isn't it? Would, that I, does I, that? that would well, probably I felt like it. Really? <laughs> I, you yeah. felt like going through, like, show me the data. Let me go through well, it. Well, if I'm trying to repeat someone's experiment, I can't get it to work. Yeah, I blame them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that's probably fair. I don't know. Going through someone's raw data, I'd be like, at first, I'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna get you because you're a piece of shit, and I'm mm-hmm. gonna find out where you're done wrong. And then I'd be like, how do yeah. you label his files? How do you label your files, actually? My naming system is date. Yep. And then I would give a short general description of what it is. Yeah. So yeah. in my lab book, you can always see the date. And then hopefully from that, you'll, yeah. you'll work out what sample it is. Yeah. Mm. But I've seen some horrific file labeling systems. Yeah. Mm. A guy I shared mm. an office with had one of his folders called Bitchin. And in the Bitchin folder, he had <laughs> uh, some important results. So like some bitching results. No, I don't think so. I think he just <laughs> he's like new folder name. Hmm. Mm. Do I call it STM or AFM? <laughs> no, I reckon I'll call it bitching. <laughs> <laughs> That's street and cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I worked with a group of people at one point where they would just start with experiment one. Yeah. And that sample name was one, mm. and then they would go all <gasps> the way down. That's a disaster. Into to infinity. To infinity. Uh, well, how many experiments do you think they did? Um, uh, the, I think I saw 113. Shit. That's not so bad, is it? Because you, when your supervisor says, what have you been up to? You'd be like, well... I did 113, 113 experiments. experiments. Look at the file number, yeah. 113. Right. I'd, I'd probably start my file number at like 500 <laughs> if that was the case. <laughs> There'd be a lot of empty files. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> but I, I think getting back to your point about when would you go through someone's data... And I think what you were saying before, if you're repeating some experiments and you're under pressure because that's that's an important step in your project, so you're taking on a project and you're extending some work, then you have to repeat this other work that someone else has done. Yeah. And your supervisor is probably on your case going, right, you've got to get up to speed on this because then we need to bring this further and advance this technique or research. And if you can't reproduce that work because it's rubbish – then naturally then you're eventually going to want to look at the raw data mm-hmm. and see what's going on. Mm. Is that person full of shit? Well, also the data happens. belongs to the funding body. Yeah. Right? Yep. So they should be able to access it at any moment because they've paid for it. That must be rare though. That must be very oh, no rare. No one cares. Yeah. No one cares. Get me the graphs that I want. Yeah. They can access all of our files. But on the subject of, say, data manipulation, yeah. um, I saw an interesting one. Uh, not not so long ago, where they had TEM images, and I think they were saying that they were making exclusively nanotubes, and so they had TEMs, and it was obviously you know nanotube, nanotube, nanotube. Yeah. And TEM in its own way, you know, an electron microscopy technique where you zoom in in an area, you see what you want to see, and then you move on. Yeah. Generally, it's something that you can fudge, because. You have a very large sample and somewhere you should find a square space which has what you want to see in it. Yeah. You move on. Yeah. This particular TEM images, or should I say set of TEM images, had their rods plus they had mysterious grey boxes everywhere. 
because Whoa. they had added grey boxes to cover to cover oh, over stuff they didn't God. want people to see. This was in a published paper. That's in a well, it's retracted now, uh, oh, but it was in a published is. paper That's in a incredible. very good journal. Yeah, yeah. ACS Nano. <laughs> <laughs> take that, take that, yeah. ACS Nano. Yeah. Mofo's rejected so many of my papers. <laughs> take that, yeah. Publishing shit data, but I think that's true. If if someone comes up with important research. I mean, <laughs> obviously everything. We do everything, is especially yours. But I mean, I mean stuff that's you know that's going to change the game in some sort of field. Yeah. And it's being published in Nature or Science. Then I think, yeah, going through the data, I think that's reasonable. You know, yeah. why not? Why yeah. not? Yeah. Have you guys ever been in a situation? I have now a couple of times where you do an experiment and it actually gives you, for some strange reason, the um, the, the result you want. And you what, go some strange reason, and, oh, and then well, because it's something that shouldn't work, right? You go, I'll just try this one-off thing, and yeah. oh, it may, you know, and, and then it's like, what? It works. Mm. And I've been this. So I'll tell you about one time. Is um, we were doing this experiment. We wanted to create little fibers from carbon nanotubes and stuff, and we put it in, and I was like, oh my god, it works! Look, we can see all these little fibers, and I was actually pulling them out with tweezers, and I was like, this is brilliant. This is so good, <laughs> right? And so. Um, I thought this is great and the supervisor I was talking up and I was like kind of like beating my chest in like an academic way and being like yeah you know it, it was relatively easy we just added all these things and that and he was like wow that's brilliant because of this this and I was like yeah because and of so, those things yeah and so you you get to a point where you've probably oversold what you've done but you're so excited that you don't know you've oversold it at the moment yeah it's easy mm, yeah, to yeah, yeah. get on that runaway train yeah and then 2 days later you go what is, what are those things? Yeah. Mm. And then you analyze them. It turned out our little fibers were fibers from Kim wipes, which are little wipes that you um, <laughs> brush things, and polyester fibers from someone's T-shirt, right? Yeah. Because the student hadn't yeah. cleaned out the vials properly. <laughs> and now I've just built this awesome thing like about how big and awesome a scientist I am. Yeah. Now I've got to go to the supervisor and say, Ooh. actually the vials weren't clean and it crosses my mind at some point during that to just lie. So you're just thinking, what's easier here? Do I just go with it or do I yep. tell the truth or do yep. I just yeah. you know, move yeah. to Zambia yeah. and become a priest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So the other, the only other things on the academic dishonesty list, I'm gonna, I'll go through them because I think maybe they don't, they, they play a role in everything we've just talked about, but, I think it's, uh, yeah, anyway, I'll go through it. So next one is deception. So that's kind of like the data manipulation? Yeah, so purpose, that's right, purposely fabricating and then sort of following through and deceiving yeah. people like, with that. And okay. If this lie is true, yeah. then all of my subsequent lies are true. There we are. Yeah. 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 Um, cheating. So just, um, I, th- I guess this is data manipulation, but by doing that little thing like it's an actual kind of physical act of oh i want this to be here so i'll just dope it with a little bit of what i want to see oh i or, see you do you know mean, what yeah. i mean maybe i that's, see yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, like yeah, yeah. i want to see iron in my sample so yeah. i'll just sprinkle some iron on top of yeah. it afterwards yep. Yep. yeah so i'll get the data i want but i'm actually kind of really i'm just you're forcing cheating. it you're forcing yeah. the system I haven't yeah. thought of that one before mm-hmm. um bribery <laughs> bribery getting someone else to do it for you have you ever well, had anything like bribing, that happen? Bribing who? Well, that's the thing. So bribery, I can only imagine bribery, academic dishonesty. You can go to a journal 
And if you know the the editor or something, mm. you could bribe them in a kind of like, you know, if you let this paper through, I will blah or yeah. I will help you in this way. Or maybe it's kind of that blackmail situation. Right. Let, 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 let's open it up a little bit because I know, Cameron, you'll have an opinion on this. Would would this sort I've of got thing? An opinion on everything. Well, of course, <laughs> you'll have you'll have a strong but you'll thanks. have a strong opinion on this one. Well, I've, I'd, yep. We have a yep. strong opinion on everything. What yep. are we going to do? All You're right. right. So, is bribery? Could we describe this as bribery, where you have a group of people? Perhaps you would describe it as a circle of academics who put each other down as referees. And will autom- and if they get to referee each other's articles, will automatically let them through, mm-hmm. and then constantly cite each other's work. Is that a kind of bribery? I mm. think that's cheating. That's cheating. Do you think? Because, I mean, I guess to me, bribery is more of a monetary gain yeah. for the other person, not so I much. I think of bribery a could be career. quid pro quo, like you know, scratch my back, scratch yours. Like, yeah, I guess so. I don't bribery think money can has take to necessarily change hands, forms, but it would have to be valuable. I guess is the thing. It would have to papers be- in high high impact fact yeah. journals are, are valuable. Yeah, very valuable. What about for bribery? Sorry yeah. to bring one back. No, I'm just right. looking through my own notes here. So, what if you are reviewing a paper? And you're you're saying in there something along the lines of they haven't quite published all of the papers necessary in this field in their introduction. They need to have a, a you know a bigger um, citation number or, or more mm-hmm, references. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So here are some suggestions, and then I would go my own citation, my own uh, citation, yeah. my own <laughs> citation, my own citation. Yeah. So in that, it's really saying. Cite my four papers, or you're not going to get published. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, yeah that's bribery. Yeah, right. absolutely. So that that is kind of bribery. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's happened yeah. to me recently. E Kim yeah. in South Korea. You asked for four papers, and none of them were related at all. Yeah, so you didn't get any. Yeah, one just happened with a paper that hasn't hasn't been accepted, but there were twenty two references suggested Whoa. to cite <laughs> 22 i mean that's incredible and you could easily work out because like 11 of them were this from this person's group so i've heard a trick that people used to get around that you put down the first author and then et al mm. and then i've got a an example that i came across in the what was the most recent one you've uh, academic misconduct yes or professional misconduct or professional misconduct so yeah. when you're submitting a paper which is, of course, a very important thing to do. Yeah, you would often write in like some suggested reviewers. Yeah. So what what people have been caught doing, and I'm sure many people have gotten away with doing, is they will write in the name and institution of a very famous person in that area, and then put in a fake email address. So if I'm if I want my friend, well, uh, I, oh, so Chris Gibson, shit. Chris Gibson is an expert in the area. My friend, and my friend Andrew Stapleton will give me a good review. Yeah, I write in Chris Gibson as a suggested reviewer, and then put in a fake email address. Either I'll make up like Chris Gibson at Gmail dot com. Yeah, and use it myself and review my own paper. Yeah, or I would get a mate to a, do it. Some other fake like there's a this there's a fake email reviewer scam going on at the oh, moment. That's oh, shit. I've that's never brilliant. That. That's brilliant. Yeah, there's a. That's brilliant. Yeah, I didn't bring any facts, of course, because you know this is vague stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's there's call a, it a concrete few truth. Yeah, yeah. That's I do. I talk confidently about things I don't that, know everything about. <laughs> like a true that's academic. A scientist. Yeah, that's that's a scientist. No, that's amazing. That's a good one. And I guess people will always come up with tricky little things like that. 
Well, if the Always. stakes are high enough, and they are getting higher and higher, yeah, it then like people do. But that yeah. is that. I mean, that's incredible. That's really mm. good. I wish I had be, thought of that first. Yeah. I would have got all the Gmails for all the famous scientists I could think of. Yeah. Yeah, what, when's the one. next we need a, whenever the new email uh, system comes out we got to jump yeah. on yeah yeah yahoo's yeah. been done <laughs> gmail's yeah. been done chris yeah. you probably don't know about this but chris has yeah. still got his aol chris's, chris's password is ponytails forever <laughs> <laughs> during our normal lives as scientists it is not unusual to take what you've actually done and try to manipulate it into a story of what you haven't done. Yeah. So there's a there's an example recently, and I gave the person who released this into the world a little bit of shit. So this guy, they had put polymer on a contact lens. That's it. All right. Yep. That is an important step in a scientific experiment. It advances science a little bit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they produced a paper, and it was peer-reviewed and published. Great. Mm-hmm. At mm-hmm. what point does it become academic misconduct when he says, you know, this thing could be used for a heads-up display like Iron Man or Terminator? <laughs> but that's impossible from that anyway. Well, that's it. So at what point has he crossed the line mm. because it's fine to go in and be like we've done this really important work it's a right step maybe glucose sensing in, in contact lenses but yeah. at what point does it become dishonest because he's just mm. trying to sell his research right yeah. well, so I wonder if so if I invent the wheel yes how far can I take that invention you like, can say could you say the wheel that will get this us is to gonna the moon. lead towards I don't know what's the moon. The that'll, moon. That'll land us you on know, the moon. They actually took rockets to the moon, Chris. Yeah, Chris. I know. I know. There. But, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, your well, analogy is you take yeah. that, you extend that beyond, and like, well, this you, could be a moon buggy. Yeah. This could be used in a moon buggy. Yeah. 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 It requires so many other steps along the way. Yeah. That yes, it's a part, but it's not the like yeah. golden bullet or whatever the. The, the term is that people but scientists use scientists are so desperate to get media attention because it looks good it helps build up their brand that they're willing yeah. to lie i mean that's what it is it's mm. a lie like sure you can say this may have applications in the future for this but mm-hmm. to to specifically say an application and then put all of the media hooks around that is fraudulent it is, but it seems to be the most forgivable kind because it's just so, it's everywhere now. Yeah, you know, and I guess it's like, well, if the if the paper is out there and people can go and read it and go, well, that's just bullshit what they're claiming. Mm. Then I guess they can really say what they want. It's just their opinion. Yeah, it's an opinion, so people can get away with that sort of thing. But it happens all the time. I mean, yeah. I I think the public out there must be uh, being yeah being led up the garden path on yeah. some research. So does that make the the general public go? F science? No, because like, they wouldn't have any idea that yeah, it's I not don't think they realise. I think no it actually idea. helps because if you do tell the absolute truth, which is something that we do mostly prefer to do, mm. um, the public just says, well, I don't care. What's it going to do for me? People yeah. want to be Iron Man. People don't want a slightly different platform for a glucose sensor. <laughs> yeah, The public yeah. doesn't know that diabe- people with diabetes use glucose sensors all the time. Yeah. 
But the public knows that Iron Man shoots laser beams out of his hands. Did you just describe a futuristic (laughs) Spider-Man? I think I was very confused between all the Marvel superheroes. I prefer DC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really want to see Captain America Civil War, but that's another another time. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I think that's the most pervasive thing around in science at the moment. Some people are worse at it than others. I mean, some research deserves to be... Popularized, but, it needed, um, but there's it been sh- some recent work on the accurate thickness of graphene that I think <laughs> oh, definitely God. deserves some oh. media attention and Jeez. maybe getting some. <gasps> yeah, I've, I've uh, pulled some strings. Yeah, and you should see see what they've done. I think I'm going to get the full Iron Man treatment from, oh, my, from no. our research. <laughs> so, so you- it's like it's just snowballs. Yeah, yeah. So you so to put this in context, then this is a paper that has um, been published, what, maybe it was a couple months ago yeah. now? Yeah, And months. I assume you've approached the media department yes. and you've said, this is great work and it's getting a lot of attention. Yep. So do something with it. Well, it wasn't so much that. I wrote what I thought was a something to give out to the public describing yep. what I've done, which yep. is a good practice to do. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, and then I tried to organize a meeting with them to see if they could you know, flesh it out, do something else. Yeah. And they really turned it from what I've done, which is a piece of slightly improving something yep. to opening the door in a, to a, what's a billion-dollar industry. <laughs> what? <laughs> what door is that? You're on it too, motherfucker. <laughs> Get on board. No, oh, God. Get on board. The it's the accurate train. measurement boom, of a material. Boom, boom, boom. Get yeah, on but- board. Get on board. The, uh, what industry, apart from Malcolm, what was his name? <laughs> Malcolm Lawn. Well, yeah, he's. I mean, he and hasn't Malcolm. got a billion dollars to give you. He was <laughs> the, the metrology most, industry. Yeah, the metrology industry. They love it, right? Oh, the graphene industry is a billion dollars a year. Yeah, yeah, but they don't need to know the thickness of every sheet. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> but that's well, a, that's an interesting point you make because uh, obviously some scientists go into it eyes wide open, like I'm going to bullshit. Yeah. Or at least they would, in their own mind, rationalize what they're doing. But you went into it quite honestly. I read those newsletters and they're not bullshitty, but you went into it and, and the media people might take it and then just go crazy. Because I've heard other people say the same thing. Like they've, they've gone to some media with some, some research and suddenly they've come back and said, all oh, right, so uh, you're saving the whales, aren't you? No, 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 no. So isn't it your responsibility to say no? It's hard. Um, and I hate how this has become a gorilla bit on me when it started as, a, as Andy's gripe, uh, was that Chris they would say something the along the line. So I would, so I would say something one way, like, uh, you know, I'm accurately measuring the height of graphene mm. and they would come back and saying something along the lines of, so are you opening the door towards a billion dollar industry? And I would say, I wouldn't say that much, but it would definitely help. A billion dollar oh, industry. Oh God! If okay. this was yes. a court of law, I would be going objection, Your Honor, <laughs> leading the witness. Right? Well, I was led. <laughs> but they did I not just... like it? I'm not sure. <laughs> just tone it back a bit. Like, just they should have parted with you. Take it. Just... Five hundred million dollars. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Opening the door. And you're to doing it. the little dance. Down, down, down. Obviously, the media can can embellish things as well. And and it's a fight between scientists and media, obviously, at times. I mean, 
um, chemistry has a very bad public image. Mm. Although, can you blame them? No, not at all. Everything that science has produced kind of gives us cancer. No. <laughs> See, that's the thing. X-rays? That... <sighs> Slowly. A little bit. A <laughs> little, little bit. A little bit. So, wait, wait, you want to go full paleo then? With? Uh, life. The world. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, dial it back, motherfucker. Get yeah. those media people and just say, "Look, I want to see where it's, I want to see where it goes." All right, let's have a, let's have an update. If it goes anywhere right. fun next week, let yeah. us know. I can't remember, but he wrote the title of the. I haven't seen the whole article, but I saw the title. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I'm, man, I'm last author on that paper. I want, I want this to go as far as it can. I want. I see people bullshitting all the time. I want a piece. Come on. I, just, I love that. Like people walk past your office and you'll be going, um, excuse me, excuse me, can you just come in here a minute? Did you see my piece uh, in the media about that research? That's way idea? too subtle. That's way no, too no, subtle. No, I'll be I'm, I think it's, oh, I noticed you just opened a door. <laughs> like we opened a door towards a billion dollar industry. I see you're breathing. Oh, all right, I've got, I've got, so the thing I wrote that you guys obviously didn't read, my idea was, what, uh, what sort of, idea about the way the universe works did you have as a kid that later or some perception of science that you had as a kid that later as an adult when you got into it you realized was completely and utterly wrong i think you should start Chris. Yeah. <laughs> when i was a kid i i wasn't sh- like i'm watching that tv show cosmos and they talked about the speed of light and they talked about interstellar travel and they said that it's just not possible with the level of technology we have we, we're never going to get there because rockets are too slow as a kid, I was like, what? We can't travel at warp speed and visit other planets? Mm. And that was crushingly disappointing. Mm. I thought we were much more advanced than that. I thought, oh, that's, that's shit. Rockets go like 10 kilometers a second. It takes 25,000 years to get to Alpha Centauri. So we're not going to colonize the stars in my lifetime. That hurt. That hurt bad. Sad thought. Oh. Yeah. This is a sad story. Yeah. But you do know that with time dilation, that 25,000 years won't feel like that long to you? Only if you're traveling very close to the speed of light, I believe. I'm yeah. sure you would be, wouldn't you? Um, no, to get if it took you 25,000 years to travel four light years, you're not traveling anywhere near the speed of light. We'll go faster. <laughs> yeah. You never Chris. said it was four light years away, Chris. Well, well then. It, or, or you so, didn't. I didn't listen to that. I, bit. I guess what I. <laughs> the problem I had was that I thought the technology we had was much more advanced. It's not. It's, it's yeah. pathetic. It really is. So, Think, what have we done at that point? Had we been in space? Yeah. Or was there just Wright Brothers? <laughs> so, we, we'd been to the moon two years before I was born. So, we traveled pretty fast before then. And, and uh, thinking machines. So. Artificial intelligence. I always thought as a kid, all right, we've got robots around the corner. Yeah, they're going to do my bidding, everything. They'll, you yeah. know, they'll be intelligent, whatever. Hasn't happened. Computers are pretty good. Yeah, they're all right, but they don't talk back to me. <laughs> they what? can. Yes, of course what? they do. Siri. Hey, no, Siri. they don't have a real conversation with me yet. All right, so the only thing I can think of, and I've been racking my brain, I've been trying to think of something where, as a child... I was sure that something worked in this one particular way. Mm. And then as an adult, I've kind of found out that that's not the way it would actually work. Yep. Mm. Yep. So in, say, year nine science class, we were learning about electricity. And, and the, the teacher said, if anyone can work out a way to store electricity from the grid, 
we they would become a millionaire. Yeah. And so I set my brain on this and I've never told anyone <laughs> oh, the, the plan that I came up with. Here we go. This right. is it. Now, this oh, is the stuff. I have thought about. about this so many times throughout my life just lying in bed, just thinking that is it. But I've kept it close to my chest yeah. because I didn't want anyone to steal my idea. Of course not. Why I would you? I was just a kid. No yeah. one would listen to yeah. a kid. Yeah. You've done yeah. it. Yeah. All right. So you take your electrical wire yeah. and you just stick it in a big pool of water because water conducts electricity yes. a little bit according to Year 9 Cameron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you take it out and then the electricity would just zoom around in the water <laughs> waiting for you to stick another piece of another wire in and then you take it out. So there you go. That's what I thought for years was a really good idea. Oh, Cameron, that's, that is so adorable. If you weren't a grown man, I'd give you a nice big hug. And, and when was that crushed? Um, probably not until I, like two years ago. <laughs> oh, why not? Yeah. Yeah. But no, I started working on batteries and it turns out they're a bit more specific than yeah. just water. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, right, right. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's a good example, actually. Yeah. Actually, really a friend good. of mine, he started working for CSIRO on um, dye-sensitized solar cells and he'd never done any solar cell work before. He'd done a lot of electrochemistry, though, and they used dyes or sensitizing agents to... to sort of like, you know, increase the efficiency and make it work, blah, blah, blah. So he said to me... We got drunk one night, and he was. He, we, he said, "Andy, lean in." And I was like, oh. "All right." And he let me. Was like, mm. "So I've been thinking, what's the mix between super Australian, a dye, and a solar cell?" And I was like, "I don't know." Beer. What do you think? It wasn't beer. He went beetroot. Oh, he was going to make the world's <laughs> first beetroot dye sensitized solar cell because beetroot's red, just like the dye. <laughs> exactly, and yeah. it's super Australian, and yeah. it's super Australian. Yeah. In fact, yeah. so Australian that it features on the Muck Oz burger. Yeah, I like that. I do like a <laughs> bit of beetroot solar cell. You know that that would work. Yeah, just would... not as well as a dye. Yeah, yeah. Because mm. we have an undergraduate lab where people use just uh, crush berries up and ah, use them in yeah. their solar cell. Yeah. Mm. Mm. All right. Beating the competition. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the catchphrase, you think? That's, that's the line. The, that's the that's headline. The oh, that's the headline yeah. of your... Th- beating of the competition. For the beetroot oh, solar cells. Jeez, you're an <laughs> idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking at you, waiting for you to get it. No, there we are. Just fell, just fell. Yeah, yeah. No, I got uh, it straight away. Yeah. Music is provided by the excellent Adelaide-based band VoiceRom. You should go check out their stuff on Bandcamp. Um, they've done a great job for our podcast, and uh, we should definitely support them. So go have a look. Do you want to do who we're sponsored by yeah, this week? Yeah, I'd love very to. good, very good. Uh, this episode of Published Perishable Podcast was sponsored by Graphene, a future billion-dollar industry, just lacking a one closed door. <laughs> Very good. Chris, say goodbye. Goodbye from Gibbo. Bye from me. And also, bye. <laughs>